2: Good afternoon, good afternoon, good evening, everyone welcome along, Monday 8pm, the Live Lounge is here, myself, Bill Bars, Jack Garwood, Lee Boyce, and plenty of things to discuss, gents, it's like time never stops in the darting world and they just keep adding
3: more and more. That's an
4: understatement, isn't it? <laughs> We're so busy. A little bit more to watch as well, which is all good.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that, I, I knew that <laughs> Just didn't know when it was dropping, um, but yeah, look, good good news all round. It's been hugely busy. Uh, the Premier League will go down until the last week. Women's series returned. Euro tour, more darts. It's all good, boys.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, we joke about being busy, but actually, it's easy to forget that. This time, what, two years ago? Maybe a little bit longer. We were sat in a lockdown with absolutely fuck all to do. So, yeah, I'll take this. Yeah,
2: look, 100%. Uh, we have the one and Lorraine Winstanley joining us around half eight as well. She yeah. looks back on the Women's Series this week. Ladies' darts in general and, of course, working with the youngsters that she's now doing. But let's say hello to the chat room as always. Uh, Tommy is in. Owen, how are we doing? Kieran. James Nell's loving a bit of snake bite. Ooh, wrong one. How are we doing, Matt? All good. Uh Mark is in, checking in before the night shift. What a perfect way to spend it is with us. Uh Frey, uh, Stuart is in. How we doing? David from New Zealand. Welcome along. Uh, A&B, how are we doing? Paul's in. He said, said it's nice to listen to us. Live for a change, uh Mark, Bill, uh Bob, Craig in uh big Johnny back off his holiday again. I'm guessing back to normal. Uh Max and Joel for the time being. Remember, we've just shared some links on social, just make sure you give them a share and come and say hi. Right, boys, let's let's go back, let's let, let's roll back to the Premier League in the week just gone in the wonderful city of
3: Sheffield, as Johnny Mac would say. But he thinks everywhere's wonderful. I'm a bit concerned about Johnny Mac, if I'm being completely honest, and nobody's called this out for a while now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Is there any city in the UK you've not slugged off over the past, let's say, 16 weeks?
3: No. I was, I was literally in Sheffield last week. 20 quid for five hours parking. That's why I'm slagging them off.
2: That's not as bad as Leeds.
0: Leeds were £29 to park in the city centre.
3: <sighs> Joke. <laughs> he he started started it his... was a 24-hour parking charge, and I was literally there five hours and 20 minutes.
4: Everyone thought we had a different Jack Darwin at the start of the show. Being so positive about where we are today instead of two years ago and looked at him, he's back. He's it back lasted back. Not about six minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, during 2020 and 2021, we, we were laughing with the MVG gift, he's back. We're going to have to bring this back for Gob.
4: But it happens in one show. It's not just one game, it's the one show with uh, Dob. It doesn't last at all.
2: <laughs> um, right, so the uh, Utiliter Arena in Sheffield. Um, first of all, first thoughts of the night, because the actual stats for the night were up on a lot of nights.
4: It was all right. I thought it was better than all right. In comparison, if we're doing a night by night comparison, it was better than some that we've, quite a lot that what we've had. And we've been fairly critical. Not the best, but it's, it's in the top half of Premier League nights we've had this year. As an all round venue and performance. Yeah.
2: Um, Michael Smith joined the elite club of winning three on the spin and his fourth, Premier League night. Uh, look, top three were already done and dusted before we threw a dart. But the race for the playoffs is well and truly on after Sheffield because Nathan Aspinall lost in the opener. Have to say, played very, very well. Just ran into going Price, who was genuinely unplayable.
4: Felt yeah, so <laughs>
3: Nathan Asmond, in a game that he pretty much has to win, knowing what's on the line over the next week or so, if you'd offered him 104 average of 15% on the outer ring, chances are he's walking away absolutely buzzing off his tits. No.
4: Well, I guess if, if you offered him that for this Thursday, he would 100% take it. Right now, if someone does, you'll average this, that'll be your chetos. He'd 100% know, yeah, I'll slap your hand. No, I'll take that.
2: Yeah. Um, look. I won't repeat what Nathan said. Walking off stage, um, he said it quite smiling. He was, he was like, but it was just like, why?
3: <laughs> um, but was it as mad as when he walked off stage at the World Championship still on camera?
2: <laughs> That's still one of my highlights of last year. <laughs> um, but look, Gezi, hundred eleven point three three. Just, we're seeing more and more of this from going price right now. Just got a monster A game. Yeah. Um, uh, Bob, the leg difference isn't the big thing, and we'll touch on that in a minute. Um, Second game, Chris Doby beat Peter Wright 6-4. Again, a decent game. Peter played better than what we'd seen at the weekend previous on, on the Euro Tour, and, and Doby was around what he'd been throwing on Premier League.
4: Yeah, twist that in a win on the board for a performance that justifies a win where most weeks he's not been able to do that. Um, Improvement from Peter. I know obviously we'll touch on Peter's performance across the weekend later on, but an improvement from what we've saw from him previously, but just too good by Dalby. Yeah. um,
2: Then we had MVG against Michael Smith. And again, a little disappointed by this game, if I was being honest. Neither of them really produced what we expect. Yeah, look, it's mid nineties averages, but that's just okay from what we've seen these two serve up against each other.
3: Very
4: much. I, one more I, one from you? <laughs> I haven't. I've been with you, Fulham, in regards to MVG's form, where I feel like he's going to find it before the Premier League final. But I am now starting to get concerned. Everyone assumed that, what, four or five weeks, though, if not before that, his sort of Premier League was done. If someone would have said he would have finished third, and I know we can still move back up, there would have been serious question marks about No one would have had him down and finishing third in this league table where he was midway point. I'm a bit concerned now, and I think, you know, in sort of a nothing half of the draw, MVG, need to get to that final on Thursday.
2: We'll come on to that in a minute. And then uh, Johnny Clayton did a job on Dimitri Vandenberg 6-4. Mm. Uh, finals going, Price beat Chris Dobie 6-2. Another monster average from Price, 104.95. Uh, an absolute whopper from Michael Smith, 107.82. Johnny Clayton did well to get four legs in this and stay
3: with him. Yeah. <laughs> for, for an average 13 points lower. Yeah, 100%. And Johnny's getting better at that, I think. He's getting better at just clinging on and staying deeper in matches. And he's sniping those big checkouts that little bit more often. He's taking that charge. At the minute, we you have this debate quite often. It's If you had one person in the world, three darts an hand to hit a double, who would you back? And the answer always used to be James Wade on tops or tens or Van Gogh and similar, or going Price. Johnny Clayton on double 16 is just as likely to be in that conversation right now.
4: Yeah. Is, is there a worry, though, Dob, that he's not... Yes, he's finding a way to either strap leads or strap wins. Yeah. Is there a worry that their numbers are just not there that he was hitting before? Back when he was picking up titles in 2021, there was a lot of big storing averages. Yes, his doubles wasn't probably as good as what they are today but now it's becoming every sort of win's a strappy win or the majority of them are. Is that predominant concern as a, I'm asking you because you're the the big Johnny fan of the group.
3: I think it goes both ways. When Johnny first started picking up titles, he was an underdog. I think people were slightly underestimating him or, or thinking that maybe it wouldn't go on for as long as it did in regards to the performances that Johnny was putting in. Now, at one point he held four major titles at once all right <laughs> one of them was ranked got absolutely stitched up with that in terms of ranking money and where he was in the world and, and that probably wasn't reflected where he was dropping into matches either he also in my opinion was one of the most knackered players on tour last year you could see it in him there was still an element of him working a little bit that's always been a big story but the fact is he played every Euro tour, World Series. He had a backlog of exhibitions to pick up on. He was fully involved in the Premier League, went all the way to finals night, etc. Johnny Clayton was on his ass by the end of last year. And I think this is him building his way back up a bit. And when you factor all that in, it's still the wrong time of the year to be form. So if you are going to pick up wins scrappily, apart from Premier League finals night, you want to peak for the back end of the year. So picking up Scrappy now and playing well at the back end of the year is the way to do it.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. Um, and then uh, Michael Smith beat going Price 6-3 in the final. So as we stand right now, going Price is top of the table on 36 points. Michael Smith is on 33. Michael Van Gogh in 31. They're done and dusted. They're locked. They're going to the 0-2. Here's where it gets interesting. Johnny Clayton currently in fourth on 24. Nathan Aspinall fifth on 22, boys. But the one big thing is a win. This just one win isn't enough for Nathan Aspinall. He will have to make the final to get to the O2 courtesy of two nightly wins to Johnny Clayton, because that is the first thing that they split them on is
3: nightly wins. Is that confirmed? Because I couldn't see that anywhere on Thursday, yes. and that was what I kept going on about. It is I don't confirmed. Know to to go in, it's
2: confirmed. No, no, it, it, it's confirmed. The first thing that separates the players is nightly wins. So, so it's l- either Ask Wins a night or. He can get to the final.
4: Finally, in okay. three points.
2: Yeah, it has to get to the final to qualify where it's simple for Johnny a
3: win and he is there yeah do you or think rely on Gezi as well because that is the part of the draw they are in
4: yeah do you do you think part of Nathan Aspinall's comments last Thursday was based on the fact that he might need Price to drop his down this Thursday if he didn't that? obviously he's died that past Clayton first and but...
2: yeah it's it's
4: an interesting one. I would love to if I if Asp comes through that first one. I would love to know how much photos he's putting on that first game before he even plays. Hoping that Peter Wright comes through. Yes, I know Peter Wright just had the on he's had, but you don't want to play playing Price in the Premier League at the minute. Peter
3: Wright with the gold elements. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Cameron? I oh. need him as well. Somebody genuinely asked us on Thursday night in the Fallout bar. Joking around, they went doing that is like trying to predict what darts Peter Wright's going to throw this weekend. And I said, at some point, he will get the elements out of the case this weekend. And he went and one an fucking Euro tour with them. Didn't start with them though, but he finished with them. I agree. And they were there. But, yeah.
2: Um. So heading to Aberdeen this week. As, as we're on the Premier League, actually, we'll play the two clips first, so you guys can have a look and you can have a a quick minute to yourself to think, but we've got two clips. One from Johnny, first of all, and one from Michael Smith. Yeah, massive, obviously. Um, you know, in the game of darts, all the pressures on Nathan next week, you know. It's like, he has to win. You know, if I win, I'm through. So, you know, really speaking, the ball's in my coat, really. Because, like I say, if I beat Michael, because we're... Uh, not Michael, so Nathan, we are playing each other. Um, if I win, I'm through. So, I'm just going to try and go out and try and relax and try and play my game. Easier said than done, but I'm going to try my best. You know, I'd much prefer to be one, two, or three, I've got to be honest, but listen, it's pressure. It makes you or breaks you. Hopefully it makes me. Interesting from Johnny that he's like, the ball's in my court. Nathan has to beat me. I
3: don't think he wanted to say that to start with. No, I, p- I poked him. <laughs> definitely didn't want to say that he just wanted to lead with all the pressure on Nathan and he goes actually it's in my hands though isn't it and I don't think he wanted that I don't think he wanted that smoke
4: <laughs> um, it's, it, the, the one thing for Johnny Clayton which is quite funny is the fact that if he doesn't beat him he can just lean over to Desi's uh, best friend on tour and just do can you do me a favour mate <laughs> and then I might meet you in the semi-final next week
2: yeah Um, So that was that And then this was uh, Bully Boy
5: See Gez has been the best player I've been the best player Well not the best I've been One of the best players For the last three weeks And picked up 15 out of 15 Puts me straight up there But The auto is different You go in there Gez has never been there I've been there only once Michael's obviously Won it six times And you don't know If he's going to be Nathan Or Jonah so I just going in there, it could be nice being number one, but you know me for a long, long, long time, a lot of years. I thought bragging, I just wanna get on with it, just wanna play darts, I wanna put on the best performance I can for the, the, the paying customers and as long as he go I'm happy and I won with that trophy, I'm not bothered. The fact
2: you're beating all your rivals over these last few weeks as well, does that have a bearing on the O2 and in the back
5: of their minds knowing, hang on a minute, he keeps beating me? Yeah, well, like I said before tonight, I've got Michael tonight, probably Michael again next week in the semis and then Michael again in the O two 2 in the semis. <laughs> so, yeah, it, as long as I can put Summer there, it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what you did yesterday, it's what you do today. So, wherever you go through, it happens. I just want to be playing well and do what I'm doing and... I don't want to give you more club talk. <laughs> I, just, I, just want to get to, I just want to get to the O2 now. I know for you, but I just want to get there and I want to showcase my talent.
2: Another one that didn't really want to speak, but in the end we got it out of him. <laughs>
1: um,
2: yeah, I'm interested that, obviously we were talking about top spot and he's like, look, Gezi has been the best player across the 16 weeks.
4: It's, it's very, very hard Premier League to judge for that because of, like it says, how dominant MVG was. And now you look at where he is, the price sort of run, I would probably say, came from nowhere in regards to the how many he won. And then Smith has done what he's done. Right now, there's probably been nothing better than a Smith Prize final. I know Aspinall would hate that, but um, from what we're seeing at the moment, that is sort of the ideal Dame in the Premier League that deserves to be there, but there's still a long way to go. and I know it sounds stupid, with only one night of points matter. A couple of weeks can make a huge difference in this sport. Just looking back at Smith's recent wins, he's actually beat everyone in the Premier League over the last three weeks, apart from Dimmer. And he's got Dimi on Thursday, so his last four weeks in the Premier League, he could have bet every player in the league in a four-week period, which is ridiculous. And just shows the current form is in.
3: That side of it means that the variety works.
4: Yeah.
3: (laughs) It's not going with our plan to tell him to sack this format off, is it? um,
4: (laughs) No, not at all.
2: So, question one. Does Gerwin Price finish top of the table come 11 o'clock Thursday night?
4: Yes,
1: go. No.
2: Ooh. so by that, you think Michael Smith tops the table?
3: I think Smith wins the night again, yeah. And um, I don't think Gezi gets past the semi, I think he wins his first, <clears throat> but either. Clayton with a free arm for the first time to go at Johnny in the Premier League, uh, to go at Gezi in the Premier League, or Aspinall with something on the line, it will mean more. And I just think Michael Smith is in the half of the draw where Van Gogh is chasing a little bit in the sense of finishing above him, but he can't now top the table as far as I'm aware, maybe, have to win the night, leg difference. Potentially, but it's an absolute stretch. Yeah. So at that point, not really playing for much. I think the gap's pretty much too big for everyone else to worry about. The extra five or ten grand, depending on where they finish.
4: I, I just see that. If Desi gets past Peter Rice, I think he's in the final. I'd see the mindset you're looking at from Johnny and us, but I think Johnny won't give to who is about that semi-final if he's through. Um the, the difference then is us with the pressure being on us. Can we see him that past Ezzy? And I'm not sure we do. Um, I think price will do enough. Just, um, how are we doing, Glenn from Canada? You're good. Um, have a look.
2: I think it's a real tough one to, to call. Look, Garan Price is a better player than Peter right at the moment. However, Peter could rock up and throw something extraordinary. Will he? We don't know, but it's amazing what a win can do. Yeah. Um, and then Johnny has just got to put absolutely everything into this game. Like you said, the semi-final is irrelevant doesn't matter. He just has to go for broke and prep as if it's a world championship game, a match play game, where you're prepping for one game on the night. You prep for that one game and give it absolutely everything.
4: Yeah, we t- I, I see it exactly like that. I see it a bit like if he depths through, it's a bit of a Grand Slam third Dame sort of. I've won two. It doesn't really matter. I've done what I need to do. I've probably won both games 5-0. So, even if I lose it to a battering, I've still finished top of my group sort of thing. It's a, for Johnny Clayton, it's a, it's a nothing. I don't think he's thinking about £10,000 on Thursday. No. He's thinking about being in that being at the outer. He is. But
3: what you've also got to consider is Johnny then has part of the ability to pick his opponent. If Michael Smith is still in the tournament, if, if Michael Smith wins his first round game, John and Johnny and Gerwin Price both win, big, big presumptions here. If we're saying that the four players, if we're saying Michael Smith, Van Gowen, Price get through, and then it's Clayton, Clayton has the ability to decide who he wants to play. And given his recent head-to-head record against Gowin Price, a victory over him in the semi-finals will go a long way to securing that top spot for Michael Smith instead.
4: I, honestly, I don't think he's thinking about it in that way. I don't think he will. After, fi- after 15 long waits, I think that he's just getting that top off.
3: And that first game will just be win, get yourself in and go from there. But actually, the fact that that game is second gives him about an hour to just have a think about what it means now. And actually, free arm, already in, a shot at Gezi to either, A, send a message to in, who he will play the following week, if Gezi stays number one. Or to affect the fact that it might be Michael Smith instead? And he has a chance to beat both of them on the same night? Possibly. But I don't think he'll look at it that deeply. If he gets through and then just rolls over to a price, who by making the final would then finish top, it's not a good look for the week after.
4: I don't think you'll take. <laughs> I honestly don't, mate. Not not with this sort of, like says. I don't see it as like a sort of a grand slam when you're playing to see who you might play later on. I think it's more of a, after 15 weeks, I've been in the fight for this fourth place and now I've, I've got one foot in. The flip yeah. side of it, if he loses to Asp, I'm very intrigued to see what he does then. Does he stay in the venue? Does he watch the game? Does he disappear?
3: Not
2: that. <laughs> he
4: That's in the <laughs> What does he do?
2: Yeah, it, it's a really intriguing scenario. But I'm going to put you boys on the spot. Who is going to the O2, Johnny Clayton or Nathan Aspinall?
3: Clayton.
4: Yeah, Clayton. I think
3: Clayton as well. But I think I think, think he's I think... playing better. i backing more under pressure right now because of the difficulties Aspden having with his action, and even if Nathan gets the better of him, the fact he's got a, a Peter right that's just won a Euro Tour or a, or a going price there to to back it up as well. There,
4: there is a there is a motivation there for Peter. If he gets through price, so I think he'll then look at the, the nice and think I can pick up 10k and at least win a night, not finish bottom of the lead. Well,
3: winning the night would jump him above Dimitri Vandenberg.
4: So it's 10 grand the, for that. Plus the extra, final
3: 5 grand, 10 grand for prize money.
4: Getting into the final would potentially put him above Dolby.
3: Yeah.
4: So winning times. the night is
3: actually worth at least 15 grand to Peter Wright.
4: I, the, the difference there I just don't see him beating Price at the minute I just think it is it is Price there but I don't see the winner of Clayton and Astrid into the final so Clayton made it for me the
3: playoffs are brutal though imagine topping the league all the way through no league bonus this year and then getting a beat in the semi-final and getting 190 grand less than the winner
2: yeah well, this is one of the things that they need to bring back However, that whatever they do, they need to keep it the the bonus for topping the table. Um, but that is the Premier League and perfect timing as always. Anyone think we'd scripted and planned it without further ado? We are joined by Lerone Winstanley. Lerone, welcome along.
1: Hello, how are you? Very well. Mm-hmm. Okay. H- how are you doing? Fresh back from the women's series? <laughs> I think fresh might be a bit, <laughs> <laughs> there, but uh. But yes, back home safe and uh, an enjoyable weekend, even without the performances. So,
2: On that, where where is your game right now? How would you assess it overall?
1: After this weekend, extremely hit and miss. Um, I couldn't find any consistency. I was either, I could score and then couldn't finish, or I was just plodding along and I managed to hit me double, so just not consistent enough for my liking. So plenty to work on before the next one.
2: Obviously, all eyes are on that race for the match play. Um, for you ladies, and we hear everyone talking about it. Obviously, like people like Robin Byrne, she went, I knew I was there, I knew I was there. What's the what's the feel in and around like the practice tables before events? Is it all eyes on that?
1: I think it's got to be because I mean, for for us that it's just an amazing experience you know and i'm i'm so chuffed that I, I managed to you know make the cut for to be in the first one um so obviously i want to be in the next one um so yeah i'm sat very precariously at number eight at the moment so uh yeah my eyes are on that definitely
3: does that mean you're <laughs> definitely making the trip to germany because obviously see that is the next one that has been the in the past it's not been as well attended as other women's series they even scrapped it one year and then tripled up events instead. But is that changing a little bit now, do you think, because of the rewards on offer?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um the, obviously there were quite a few uh of the UK players that went over to Germany last year, but definitely the buzz in the room at the weekend was, you know, people were asking like, Oh, what flight are you on? Where are you staying? You know, I'm thinking of going. And, and I I set out as soon as the you know, the the women's series was announced that uh, I would fully commit. Um, and to be brutally honest, last year I was like, oh, Shalashanta, Shalashanta. And then of course they announced that it was the first one of the race to the match play for this <laughs> time. So it was like, well, I've got it going. You know. Um, and again, I didn't perform very well in Germany um, last year. So I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping to be better. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Like, I need to be better.
3: Is it a bit of a catch-22 situation in that as well? Actually, less people turning up is probably better for yourself to go and win more games or accumulate more prize money or, or have those shorter days. But actually, for the growth of the women's game, the more people that do make that journey, the better long term.
1: I think sometimes a smaller field is harder because you get your hardcore players making that effort. So a really small field makes it a really quality field. Whereas a bigger field, I'm not saying it's any easier, and certainly, certainly with the women's series because it's not seeded, um, that makes a massive difference, you know. So you do get the big juicy first round games, and and if you're lucky enough not not to be in that position, I'd be lying if I said I didn't look at the draw and go at least one's going out, you know. Um, So it's all to play for, and it is very exciting with it being an open draw. So um, so yeah like you say perhaps 22 sometimes a smaller field you think oh i could be one step closer but then a bigger field the the um how can i put it the um the field is is more widely spread so you may get a less experienced player um first round um you know so so yeah it, it, it can work either way to be fair
4: Lorraine, one thing we, we sort of talked about with a lot of players, where it would be taught hard race and all that sort of stuff, is about the rantings. As a player yourself now, as you mentioned, sitting in that eighth place for the match play, the weekend in Germany, much um, are you going to be on your phone looking at Darts' rantings and making sure you're still in that top eight throughout the weekend? Oh,
1: don't look at my phone when I'm playing. There's back. <laughs> only on Dark Connect to see when I'm next on. So you can You can only play the game that you've got in front of you. So I don't look ahead, you know, you, you've just got to take it round by round. And if, you, if you're good enough, you win. And if you're not, then you have to wait you know, for the next one to be able to, to play in the next one.
2: You touched on something there, Lorraine, about not being seeded. And, and me and Jack spoke about this at the weekend watching it. And we feel now the women's series is at a point and a strength where it deserves to be seeded. Do, do you agree? And would you like to see it seeded?
1: Depends whether I'm a seed or not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when years ago,
1: when I first started playing DARS, and I didn't really understand the the structure of it, if you like, I just loved the game, and I went to play. I, I was always like, well, "That's unfair, these seeding things," you know. And then, of course, you become a seed, and you're like, oh, "I totally get why they seeded." <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think it would make it very interesting. Um, And I don't know what that would do to the entries. I don't know whether that would encourage people to enter or whether it would actually deter people to enter. So, I don't know.
2: 50-50. I don't know. That's that's fair. We were just talking about it because some of the first-round ties, like you say, they are exciting. But also, it's like, oh, should that be a round one game?
1: (laughs) Yeah, when you see a juicy tie like that, you think, that could be a final, you know. Yeah. Obviously I you... Overall, I would say yes to seed it, but like I say, if that's going to damage the entries, which could affect the future of the of the women's game, then don't seed it.
2: Obviously, you've been involved with the women's series since its inception with, with, with the PDC, and it's now growing and it's blossoming. No, None of us really knew how it was going to take off, and when it first did, what was the chat amongst the ladies? Did they see this as a short-term fix? And the PDC would just do it and see how it went, or did they get behind it straight away and they they want to develop it into something more?
1: No, I I think I, I think we all perhaps saw it as a perhaps a bit of a test the water kind of thing and see how successful it is. Is it going to stay? And and I know myself. Um, and Laura Turner, especially, we were rallying around at the beginning, like really trying to encourage people to enter because it was like, if these don't get the numbers, this is not going to stay. This is going to be the future for the women's game. So we've got to get behind it and support it. And I know a few of them that just come and enter because they want to be part of the supporting of it, you know, so maybe they haven't got aspirations to to, you know, be in the, at the top of the rankings and whatnot, but they like what they see and and they want it for everybody else as, as much as we want it as, you know, being in the one of the top players, you know, so um, I think it's, I'm really glad that it, it's got to the stage that it has and I'm interested to see where it can possibly go in the future.
2: On that, what is the end game for you ladies in PDC darts? Because this is very split. We're split about it on this show. Would you like, in the end, a PDC Women's World Championship or not? Because it seems very split.
1: Um, I think, yes, definitely. Because as great as it is for all the ladies that have managed to grace the Ali Pali stage, they're still playing very much against professional men. Um, so I think I think there is room for um, a ladies' world championship, definitely.
4: Lorraine, if you do it if that was to happen at Ali Pali and it was to it a nine data, would you do the same run as Dean or would there be a different celebration?
1: I don't think I can move that fast.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Although, if they did that, then maybe... I don't think he can, can anymore. Well, I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I still remember that moment. Oh, I, everyone remembers that moment. Um...
1: <laughs> his mum was, mom was sat next to me when he hit that nine dart, And me being in player mode and, and his mum being in... That's my son. I'm really proud of, of him, Mode. She was, she was like, oh, give it all large. And I remember I slapped her on the leg and I went, but he hasn't won the game yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I,
3: I don't tell him, but we got asked at the weekend why he isn't playing seniors darts yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, yeah, he's got a few years to wait yet. And uh, yeah, I could be there before he, well, I probably will be there before he <laughs>
2: Do you feel that the, the PDC Women's Series has perhaps overtaken the WDF, certainly in the UK now, as the ladies' focus?
1: Um, I can't speak for everyone, but um, I can speak for myself, and I, the answer to that is yes. I think... Um, and when you look at the likes of, you know, Anastasia obviously can't play the WDF at the moment, and Fallon doesn't play it. Corrin doesn't play it. Uh, Maria O'Brien, she doesn't. She doesn't do the WDF. Um, and I've sort of taken a bit of a step back from it. So, so yeah, I think. And and yet all those names are present at the at the PDC Women's. So, I would say possibly, possibly. You know what you're going to get. The calendars out. You know when you're playing. You know what you're playing for. I, it's all very organised, and and I love the professional setup of it
2: all is it nice having your bestie back in anastasia to, to play with at the women's series because we know how much you missed her at lakeside last year speaking to her yeah
1: absolutely it's great i really look forward to our weekends together yeah it's brilliant
2: the other thing that we've kind of noticed as well is there's a lot of um family rivalry shall we say we've obviously got you, you and josie that that have, that have crossed paths and then we've had Lindsay and um Lisa, uh, as well, what are those conversations like around the table? Um,
1: I think, I think we're all still fighting for ourselves, you know, Um, I can speak for Josie, she doesn't, she doesn't like me watching her games, because one, I'm really superstitious. So um, if I, if I watched one of her games, and she and she won, and then I wasn't there to watch the next one, and let's say she lost, I would feel really guilty because I I wasn't there. I'm I am really superstitious and a bit of a nightmare. But also for her, she feels the pressure because what she she just feels the pressure of me watching. So I don't tend to watch. I'm sneakily watching sometimes on Dark Connect, when I watch the <laughs> table, But I, it's not like being sort of behind the barrier. And she wants a shot on, you know, to to play at the match play and. You know, so, you know, we're we're, as much as obviously we're family, there's still that real big competition and rivalry. You know, she wants to beat me when we draw each other, and obviously I want to beat her because that's what (laughs) we're all there for. You know, so it is, it's actually awful. It's awful when we end up playing each other, it's not fun.
3: (laughs) And an interesting car ride home as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it was a long way back to, from Milton Keynes to Lancashire for Lisa and Lindsay at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> uh, on, on the match play,
2: obviously we've got a question here from Bob. He said, would you like it or should it be 16 instead of 8 now because of the strength and depth on the women's series?
1: Yeah, I think I think that is something that they could work towards and especially because we still play a very short format. Again, I, I was the last the last of the first round games going on. So I literally came off stage and it was so hot in there, I really struggled with the heat. You literally came off stage, you got whisked back up the set of stairs to go, oh, right, you need to pull up now for the next semi. You pull up, you went back down onto the practice board because by this point the first semi had gone on and you were on again. And it was like cracky, I've not even had time to have a minute. So I think. I think it would it would be better. And, and yes, it, I think it would make it a more realistic goal for everybody getting involved as well. You know, if, if that field was widened, I'm not saying it's easier to get to, but, you know, it's a bit like when the lakeside was only like, you, it, it was only eight.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it was like you had to be in the top two of the world rankings to guarantee yourself a place and the rest was all a bit, you know, it was... It, Really touch and go. It was such a narrow field to try and get into, so I think that could possibly encourage even more players to enter. I
2: like that. Yeah, very much. So we see you doing a lot of work, obviously, with the target elite ones. Now, how satisfying is that nurturing through these youngsters, and and you've got some some great ones in that elite one set up as well. Oh, I love my job. <laughs>
1: I look at them playing, I think, I don't know whether it makes me want to practice more or whether to actually retire. Because the, the talent coming through is just amazing. Um, You know, right from some, you know, quite young ones, really, um, to some of the more established players, Um, everybody brings something to the table. And they're all such great characters, individuals. They, they're all really easy to work with. Um, you know, I've, I've got a lot of respect for them all
2: who catches your eye the most apart from the obvious obviously luke, uh, luke grabs all the headlines that, that that we know but is there a is there a secret one that you think they've got a real bright bright future
1: they've all got bright futures that's all, that's why they've all sort of earned the opportunity to be part of the elite one program um they were all doing different things in different places and they're all at slightly different stages you know so so we've got some of them that are, you know, doing the challenge tour and the, you know, they're doing the ADC and they get on the um the Moda Super theory right through to, you know, some in the JDC, we've got some in the JDC foundation tour. Um, you know, so it's it's such a wide field of where they're all playing. It's a nightmare to keep up with where they're all going, especially when there's three or four different events on at the weekend. I literally this, this is my office, so it's the cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> so on a, on a big weekend, this is where you'll find me. I'm just glued to the laptop on Dark Connect, you know, flicking through, uh, you know, trying to watch them all play. And I do like to try and see as much as I can of the individual games because then I can give them realistic feedback, you know. And, you know, I love going to the development tour, but again, I think some of them really feel the pressure if I'm stood at the barrier watching, so I just got myself, I'm just doing, just doing rounds and rounds, wow. through, you know, stand and watch for a couple of minutes and then move on to the next. So, so they don't, I don't want them to feel the pressure. That's not why I'm there I'm there to, you know, to check in on them, check they're okay. It's nice to catch them, you know, I have Joey coming over from America, so that's the only time I get to actually see him in person. So. um so, yeah, it's, it keeps me really busy. But, yeah, playing all over the place, which is brilliant. It's brilliant because they'll all excel wherever they're playing. It's great. What do those
3: chats commonly sound like? Because personally, I've been a little bit critical of manufacturers for just the sheer number of youth prospects they sign up. I'm a bit wary that we might end up down like a football academy route where there's loads and loads of kids and only a certain number go on to make it and putting pressure on. Done that early age but but what does that role for you entail? is it just like a nice friendly pat on the back make sure you're still doing what you're doing make sure you're enjoying it as as the main part is is that sort of conversation
1: absolutely and you know um i'll start with there's certainly no pressure
3: yeah
1: you know there is no pressure um my job is to make sure they're provided with whatever equipment they need and they've got that support they can call on me for anything if they need if they if they wanted to go to a tournament but they weren't quite sure how to get there, then I can help them with that. You know, I can point them in the right direction. Not only for the players as well, but for some of the younger ones, it's it's sort of that support network for the parents because some of them have come through not darting parents. So they genuinely haven't got where to look, where to go, what to do. And I think at the moment with the youth systems that are in place there is so much on offer, you can't physically do everything because otherwise you're just chipping away and not getting anywhere. So, so my advice is to pick a route and run with it, you know, and then you can concentrate on that. Because one, physically you can't be everywhere and two, financially, it, it's hard for the parents if if they haven't got sponsorship um, back in, you know, with money, yeah. then it isn't. It's, for a cheap sport, it can be very expensive because of the traveling, um, you know. So so yeah, my my aim is to put like a virtual arm around them all and just look after them if you like. So yeah, no pressure, encourage them as much as, much as we can. We also offer, um, I've introduced um, a sports therapist yeah. so they all have access to that, you know, and that can be for, or get a bit nervous or, I get, you know, really anxious around a lot of people or I think I'm starting with dartitis or I feel really sick when I'm going to play. What do I do? You know, so she, she tackles all sorts of, of issues. And that's something that we offer as a company for all our players. So. I like that. Yeah. It's just helping. And and especially with, with mental health, it's a massive issue. You know, the smallest things can turn into a massive issue if, you know, if you're not careful that that small issue can be dealt with at the beginning, then happy date, you know.
2: Big fan of that. Big fan. A couple of questions for you from the chat room as well. Um, Craig uh, says, what's your thoughts on the women's game in general? Um, And do you see any more chances coming along for the women in the big tournaments anytime soon?
1: Um. The women's game in general has definitely got much stronger. The strength and depth in the field is so much wider than it was a few years ago. And because of the opportunities that have been thrown our way, you know, with the match play, it it gives you that drive. You have to up your game because everybody wants a piece of the action. So if you you end up sitting still and just, you know, being where you are, you're not going to get there because everybody else is trying. And it, and it is achievable, so everybody's gonna, gonna be wanting to go. I I can see um uh Women's UK Open could be quite a good addition. Um, you know. Just, like that. It doesn't have to be on the main stage because there's you know, there's boards all over the place, you know.
4: L- Lorraine all about a non-seeded event. You've just moved straight <laughs> to a non-seeded event straight away. Brutal <laughs> draws all over the place. So, we're used
2: to it. <laughs> I'm, going back to Fallon, obviously what she did at the World Championships when she did it, and not just that, what she did at the Grand Slam as well, getting to the quarterfinals of, of a PDC ranked event. What, what, did that do for women's darts on the ground? Obviously, we saw what it did media hype wise, and everything like that took it to a n- new level. But what did it actually do on the ground for the women's game?
1: I don't think we would be here today, where we are today, without her doing that. And and I know, um, obviously, Lisa winning the tour card. This this there's, there's been with, with the boundaries all along, you know, and and she continues to do it, you know. She, and data recently you know so it and as long as as long as these little things keep happening it's it can only it can only push the game further forward it, it can't not is
3: it just about awareness and, and keeping attention on the ladies game while it continues to grow because obviously in the past we've also seen we've seen those achievements but we're now seeing more female dark players involved in broadcasting. We've seen Trina Gulliver, we've seen Corinne Hammond, we've seen Laura Turner. We heard yourself on commentary last year, which that'll be the next question. When are we gonna hear that again? Because you were very, you're not say that because you are here, you were very, very good. And we'd love oh, to hear more of you, but is, is that was... another step as well? Is that putting eyes on female dark players?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. It, it's got to, and, and across the board though, you're getting, you're getting more female commentators and presenters across all the sport Um, and women are wired up different to men so we perhaps look at things in a different way we would think about things in a different way and perhaps be able to comment on things that perhaps wouldn't automatically come to a male commentator's mind if you know what I mean so I think it I think it widens the perspective on on the game looking at it from a female perspective as opposed to just a, a male perspective
3: I like that. You avoided the bit where we asked you when you're going to be on comms next, Lorraine. We need more of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kenzie wants to sign me up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Did you enjoy the comms side of it though when you did it at Lakeside for the women's final?
1: I was more nervous doing that than I was stood on the stage playing. I'm not going to lie. Um, And I actually listened back to it and I thought I could have actually said so much more. But I think for the first time just sat there and and what a fantastic game to be able to commentate on the darts did all the noise that was needed Do you know what i mean what what could you say i actually apologized to Kirsty after the game and i said if you listen to the commentary back it was really one sided i said but it couldn't not be really you know she didn't put, she didn't put a dart wrong did she so um but yeah it was uh it was really, really good. I did
2: enjoy it. Big fan of that. Lorraine, thank you very, very much for coming on the Live Lines tonight. Live Lines debut here on Online Darts for you as well. Massively appreciate you coming on. Talking about the ladies game, yourself, the youngsters and everything like that. It's a real insight. Thank you very much.
1: Oh, thank you for inviting me. I've enjoyed it.
2: Thank you. No worries. Everyone, Lorraine with Stanley, thank you very, very much. We're going to grab a quick ad break and we'll be back on the other side of this. Boys, I absolutely love that. Yeah, a a real insight and and a real perspective on the women's game, the youngsters, and uh, that thought process. That was a real insightful.
4: Yeah, Um,
3: yeah, can't can't speak highly enough of the way that Lorraine comes across.
4: It's brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, totally agree. I think we've spoke about some previous weeks, and it's just the passion that the deaths are thrown across with, and Lorraine was perfect with that so passionate about the Dane, the women's dame, the youth. It's just it's just speaking to another person who just loves the name of Darts as much as obviously we do watching it, but the work she does all around it, she's just loving it. And um, I know a lot of attention of for Lorraine's on the elite group, but sitting in that eighth place, it's going to be very, very interesting to watch her in Germany, isn't it? I don't believe that she's not going to look at her phone, even though she said it. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. <laughs> um, that
2: really, really, really good. Well, it's a nice segment for us to go into the women's series. The second block of this year took place in Milton Keynes, chaps, and it didn't disappoint, did it? Just
3: got my keys. Um, no. And it was well-rounded this time as well, look. A lot of the talk has been about the dominance of Bo Greaves. I thought at times she still played magnificently. um, Picking up the first event, you could have been um, forgiven for thinking maybe this was here we go again, all over again, because she moved through that event so brilliantly. Um, But there were opportunities this weekend and, and they were taken. And I think now that players are more familiar... With Bo being in the women's series, they're gonna get more chances at her, they're gonna get more opportunities to achieve that. And the fact that those opportunities were capitalized on by new winners as well, as Lorraine was saying, is fantastic for the strength and depth. Yeah. Um the first one, obviously, Bo beat Fallon in the
2: final high-class affair, both mid-90s averages. Obviously, we commentated on it all, looked at it, Garvin, Fallon will be kicking ourselves because the strong point of her game deserted her because she had chances yeah, in pretty much be- every leg
3: and, and passed them up. Seem to be the case of the weekend for Fallon Cherick. Look, we all know just how good she can be and how good she has been. She's won some of that 10 women's series titles in just a couple of years. But her, her, when you look at Fallon's victories on TV in the PDC in the World Championship and the Grand Slam, et cetera, the thing that has always stood out has been her finishing, her combination finishing. The thing that other pros pick up on, the thing that other management have picked up on going, no, I wasn't sure about this, but actually look at it and go, the pressure that Fallon puts these players under by her finishing, by her one-two combinations, is unlike anything that a lot of, or, or is right up there, not unlike anything, but it is right up there. And that just seemed to be a miss this weekend a little bit. On the contrary, her scoring look back, Yeah. which when we've seen her in the Moda Super Series last year, it was the other way around. Her finishing was keeping her in games, but actually, for a large part, she was being consistently outscored by players. And th- those finishes were keeping her in it, keeping the matches nice and tight. But actually, if anybody got off to a decent start in a leg and wasn't one from four on a finish or, or worse, chance, are she was losing that leg. Th- that's turned around a little bit. The scoring power... In particular, uh, in the match against Makuru Suzuki, uh, I think it was event seven? The la- I think it was the last one, one, there, Potentially. Maybe in the semi-final. Yeah. yeah. Look, Mikuru scored like an absolute train, but Fallon lived with that for a large part of the match. And there was one point, Makuru closed out the match with, in 23 darts in two legs. Yeah. And Fallon started finishing both. Yeah. But would have needed to go 12 9 or 9 12 or something. And that side of her game is back. And when she is known as a finisher, I think that's one of the things that will come back easy. A lot of players will go away and they'll find scoring score in first and, and finishing will be that more difficult. When that's her asset to her game, I think that'll pick up in no time.
2: Yeah. And in that first event as well, it was a, a blueprint for what was to come. Quarter final, two Irish flags yeah. in. Robin Byrne and Aoife McCormack. First time we'd seen Aoife up up close on, on the stream, we all know about Robin, but again, with Katie Sheldon in there as well, bright future for Irish starts on men's and women's at the moment.
3: Yeah, if it weren't for the fact that Katie ran into Katie Sheldon ran into Aoife McCormack in the last 32, there could well have been three Irish yeah. flags. All three were, were incredibly solid this weekend. We know just how good Katie can be. We saw her at the women's match play last year. Robin Byrne, going on to, to lift the title on a Sunday is, is a just reward for just how consistent Robin Byrne can be. Her scoring power was phenomenal. The treble hitting was, was superb and held a nerve. And a player that has a long future in the game and quite a bright future by the looks of it. If, if they're going to be one of the players that really step up and push the established. Before the women's series, if you were outside of Ireland, you wouldn't really have heard of Robin Byrne. no. Yeah. But now she's, she's one of the names you're looking for, going, right, who's Robin playing against? Because she's dangerous. She's a threat and she's a title winner. So, yeah. Look, and Ethan McCormack, I think she was Irish national ladies champion last year. Um, showed again at times just how good and consistent she can be. Uh, I think we need to see her a game a little bit more in the women's series. But again, just cuts consistent, solid performance. And you look at the men the, in the PDC for Ireland, the, you, the future is very bright. Yeah, That's a very young World Cup team for the men are currently in the PDC. It's a very young trio, relatively in darts, in the women's series, that are pulling up trees, if you like. And they're going to be around for a long, long time.
2: Yeah. Second event on the Saturday. New winner, but not undeserved or surprising in any way because Rihanna O'Sullivan added her name to the Roll of Honour in PDC darts and was just solid, hard to beat. And when opportunities were presented, she snatched them.
4: No, no surprise at all. I think it's a name we've spoken about quite frequently when we're speaking about sort of the top eight racing for the match play. There's always been a name that's been in those discussions and no no surprise that we have seen four different winners to choose one of those and the performance on Saturday um, in event number six, or oh, that's quite confused with the event numbers, event number six of this year. Um, like says no surprise um, and to beat Bo at the moment, especially in a final uh, is a huge win and Cement's, I know we've still got four events left, but for me, probably Cement's the place in Blackpool. Without summer completely drastic happening, four different winners that are not in the top eight sort of thing, and um, that will do enough enough for Rianne to be in blackpool in the summer.
3: Yeah, I, I guess I what's more impressive is actually uh, the, the run to get to the final was superb. Averaged eighty five in that final against Baygroves to win five three. She could have won all eight of those legs. She had chances in all of them, and we kept wondering if perhaps. Uh, that was going to come back to bite her as, as it often did against a lot of players this weekend against Bo agrees. They were having six, nine darts in legs to beat Bo. Um, Casey Gallagher is one of those that stand out. She had opportunities and you get bitten in the next leg and, and Rian just never relented, never gave up that opportunity in return and, and was a deserved title winner. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Completely. Um, Moving on to the Sunday, in event number seven, was Robin Burns, first half being Laura Turner in the final 5-1, and and we watched it, she didn't look nervous, she just got on with the job and did a demolition on Laura.
3: She's actually played a lot better throughout the day than the numbers suggest as well.
0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
3: Like I said earlier, it was ridiculous. There was just that little bit of faffing around on doubles occasionally or chasing around the board that just started to get away from her a little bit. But again, the performances to get there and, and just solid in the final as well. I, I think Laura Turner posted on social media that Perhaps that quarterfinal against Bo Gruse felt a bit more like her final. She was a bit knackered by then. Um, Hasn't been playing that great in a moment, so to get that result over Bo was a a massive lift for her. That was through a a semi-final against uh, the Spaniard Amadeo Faro Uso, who we have to give a mention to, I think, given that she's flying the flag solo for Spain has been so consistent and so solid. Since she started attending events, uh, she's in this conversation for future possible winners to me, like a Rihanna or a Robin, she she genuinely looks that good um, but yeah, Robin Byrne was absolutely exceptional and she's been to a final before and beaten. but to go and win this one, the way she put Lisa rational away in the semi-finals was superb
2: Yeah, a couple of standout bits from this event was the stream game between Lisa and Lindsay which didn't look uncomfortable at all um,
1: <laughs> uh,
2: It started off where Lindsay was like I've got to fist pump my mum. Like at the start, <laughs> and just from there, it was just like there. And look, Lindsay will be kicking herself because mum was there for the taking because Lisa didn't play well. Whether that was a, a mental thing, because I'm playing my daughter or whatever, but Lindsay took to social afterwards and she was just like fuming because there was a chance.
4: Let's just uh, re part Lorraine in what she said earlier when she plays Josie. It's not nice. No. And I've got a feeling that was the taste of both yeah. players. That's yeah, Lindsay had opportunities. Yeah, it just working. looked, looked awkward,
2: different. like the fist pump. Like, what are we doing here? Like, fist yeah. pumping,
4: this isn't us. Yeah, I guess if it was like the final, then maybe it'd be different. When it's early on in the draw, it's got to be horrible. Um, I guess the only benefit being with this one is it was, you still had another event. Yeah. For Lindsay, it would have been worse if it was event eight and she's sitting there waiting for Lisa, obviously wanted to go on and win it, no, but no, having no, to no, sit no, there knowing... She'd lost the marble yeah. right there, so that's probably the only benefit you can take from that Sunday day and being the first event.
2: Um, the, the other one that we noticed in this, and this was the one of the big talking points in the chat room, picked up on it was was the quarter final that was streamed between Laura and Bo, and there was some bits on social. I didn't watch it, the Welsh last week, but there was some concerns around Bo's action and you picked up on it straight away. That's the first time I've seen her look uncomfortable on Noki for a long time. There was a lot of head shaking, the, ph- the phantom dart throwing in the background, just general frustration from her.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I've been noted, she played at the Welsh Open and, and whatever last week in Prestatyn and some of that was streamed and I've been tipped that perhaps it, it wasn't looking as free-flowing as it has, but there looked to be a struggle with with Bo this weekend. And I, I don't want to sit here and bash a young player the same way that I've been reluctant to talk about Nathan Aspinall's struggles and, and release, especially someone who's been so well documented as Bo. Because the minute you start chucking that around again, it, it can mess with your head completely. But it wasn't as smooth. It wasn't as comfortable. And there were certainly times where it it looked like that she was physically struggling. It was clearly quite frustrating to her as well. We saw her more animated than perhaps I've ever seen her in the women's series. Um, And I I guess the hope is that she finds a way to combat that because for the last couple of years, she has been doing so.
2: Yeah.
3: But if that's going to pop up two weekends in a row, I think there were perhaps glimpses of it at the World Championship that I think were missed by the fact that she went and competed with Willie O'Connor for three sets. And I think that was the big... She had chances to beat Willie. She's played pretty solid. She's taken him pretty far. He's he's an established pro. I don't think any of the negatives were really commented on at that point. And there was perhaps a small look of un- being uncomfortable up on the hockey in that match that I think was just left aside since then. She's produced that magnificent run in the women's series, been so incredibly dominant, picked up WF titles here, there and everywhere. And the fact that she continues to make it work is brilliant for her. But it's also perhaps at this moment where even we've been guilty of this at times going, why isn't she playing this? Why isn't she doing that? That actually just playing for enjoyment might be the best we ever get from her.
4: Do, I guess we've, especially with two months now, just over two months of the race, the Blackpool, it's, she. I know we talked about certain events that you should play and that you maybe shouldn't or some, you know, we have the opinions of certain events you should, but she still plays an awful lot of darts for someone yeah. at such a young age. Is it now that she needs to look at the next two months and sort of say, well, maybe I need to have a couple of weekends off? Not, she absolutely attacks the WDF events we have saw her now doing it with the PDC. But is it now the time to sort of switch off from it for maybe a couple of weeks and see if that will help a day? It seems like she's away every weekend. Yeah. Even if it's not always in the always not in the public time with regards to PDC events or um challenge or dev tours. But it's it's just one of those that it may be that the focus for the next two months is just looking at switching off at times to then prepare for the big one. We talked about it with PDC players. Yes, the calibre of tournament isn't the same, but it's the same with a lot of players. It's the calendar at the minute for a lot of these players is 12 months. There not a break unless they decide to have one themselves. So it I might be. There's the two focus the top eight in to this Blackpool needs, Blackpool. needs to be depth to Blackpool and perform well in Blackpool. She's already
3: in Blackpool. It's just not dark green on dark rankings. That is mathematically... I think there's two ways to look at this. Big gaps off the back of a, an event where she has struggled or had an issue... I think will have a negative impact because you sat around thinking about the next time for longer. I've got to go and do that again. You can build up fear and anxiety of, of having to go back to the hockey and having to produce something different. I, I think partly that's what got to Glendoran. It, I don't think being on the hockey actually got to Duran. I think it was a thought of going to pro tours towards the back end of his tour card you saw the way that he was approaching it on socials going, oh, I've got to go there again or, or whatever. Or, or, I don't really want to put myself through it sort of thing. I think that could become a situation. I think as long as she can play through it and she can find ways to manage it like she has been doing and actually that it's it's not there constantly. It's not every single dart. It's not every single leg. It, it seems to be in little phases right now, in, in little spurts, in little moments. If she can keep putting herself in those situations and come through it on the other side, then I think it's and to
4: do that, she needs to be playing darts. I, I, I that. I and I think it's tea that she's at the women's series yeah. in five weeks' time, four or five weeks' time. Yeah. But I'm just not sure it's tea that she plays every week end up until that, and or every week end up until Blackpool. Not necessarily think, in a row. I, I think that women's, think that women's group series group. is key, yeah. and I think maybe having a little break up until that.
3: If there's something local, or I think there's an, there's one yeah. more county yeah. game this season, so you can go and play that, and yeah. that's a little bit of stage and a, a crowd behind, and can disappear afterwards and. She doesn't tend to hang around at county games. She tends to play and and disappear sort of thing. So uh, her and the people around her will know now, they've they've been doing this for long enough since she's, what, 14 years old, how to manage both schedule best for her, especially since she's had issues with her action. It will be interesting to see how that plays out. But let's also remember that having an issue with her action at the moment like she does doesn't necessarily translate to the fact she's going to lose. No. Nathan yeah. Aspinall won a Premier League night the other week, where he's clearly struggling, doesn't particularly talk about a lot. But actually, at the end of it, when I'm playing with half an action, I've just beat three of the top eight players in the world. And he was pretty keen to remind people that. Eric Bristow went away. I made another world final. Men's and has clearly struggled and gone on to lift two majors 15 years later. Now, whilst there is no one-size-fits-all way of solving issues with your action.
4: Barry Vampir. Is, missed, missed Vampir
3: is currently one of the best ranked players in the world without a tour card. Oh, completely. Now, whilst there is no one-size-fits-all solution or, or way to, to get over issues with your action and, and struggling to release the dart in particular, the fact that other players have had success with it or have found ways to manage it and still maintain success on the hockey whilst dealing with it, I think it's still a positive sign for Bo Greaves, But it's also... It was great hearing from Lorraine and how insightful that actually that elite one is a support method and there are ways around it. But since the age of 11, Bo Greaves has been told she's going to be a world champion. And personally, I look at the struggles that she has yeah. and that can only be because of the fact for the last seven, eight years... She's been told that was going to happen. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of cope to deal with. It's not so much as players get older, but I think from that early age, the heaping of pressure on that, that's the bit I'm skeptical of. You look at players like Billy Holmes, 10 years ago was one of the best prospects around before they changed the age rules on the development tour to have a lower age limit. Billy was playing as a young kid and going deep in those events. And then he started having dart attacks and couldn't let go of the dart at the times. So then they changed the lower entry, had to wait a few years to get back on again. And by the time he came back on again, he was half the player and he was really struggling with his release. And from the age of 10 years old, his dad had told him he was going to be world champion and pushed him to be that every single day.
2: Yeah. I know that it's, it was, and if it hadn't been so obvious, we would, we would think, but it was just brought up so much. Um, the last one, Makuru added her name to the role of honour for this weekend, being known in Van Luyden in the final to cap off what was a sensational women's series. I haven't forgotten about this but one of the highlights was in event number one when we had a stoppage in play for a good 15-20 minutes after the kamikaze camera decided to... um fall over and i spoke to one of the um one of the people there and i was like how's the camera their words were Fucked.
3: <laughs> can i let you into a little secret yeah the camera didn't fall off did it not the wall fell. Down. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the the boobs right the, the standard that part of the wall fell down with the camera on it and that smashed the camera into the thing. It, the camera was there, but the wall
4: fell <laughs> down. The, the, the best thing about the video initially is the fact that Fallon looks like she's apologizing, but she's clearly done absolutely nothing at all. And it's all, yeah, all.
3: <laughs> she's got some sort of magic power. Yeah, <laughs>
4: but...
2: <laughs> oh, that was, um, <laughs> well, that was, yeah, it was just so the, the look on Bo's face was brilliant as well. She's about to throw a dance. It's like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the race for the women's world match play, as it stands, these are the eight in green. We know there should be dark green, but there's not just green at the moment. Uh, Bo Grease, one. Makura Suzuki, two. Rihanna O'Sullivan, three. Robin Byrne, four. Fallon Sherratt, five. Lisa Ashton, six. Aileen DeGrasse, seven. Lorraine Stanley eight. So... With one block of women's series left to go for events, how far down are we looking? Players that could gate crash the eight?
4: I think there's only two spots to play for.
2: How far down are you going realistically? Who can gate crash?
4: I think it's two places between seven eight, maybe. Don't end fourteenth.
2: I think thirteenth, personally. And the one I'm interested in, and we spoke about this, Gob, was this weekend seemed to be a bit of a breakthrough moment on the Women's Series for Kirstie Hutchinson, because we hadn't seen anywhere near her best over the last 18 months of the Women's Series. However, it seemed to come together for her this weekend. Seems to have worked
3: it out. Yeah, I mean, there's Two ways of us. Firstly, Kirstie Hutchinson started to put in performances that we expected. On her. It seemed to be this weekend that every time we called a player out for us wanting to see more from them, we got it. We we said that about Corey Hammond at one point, the next event. She, she played beautifully for a couple of rounds and, and started to maybe kill off games that she wasn't killing off before. Um, but again, it is tough. We talk about how this draw is unseeded, open draws, and well, like, oh, we haven't seen their name much. But actually, you go back and you think, oh, well, they drew Anastasia first round or they drew Dieter Heaven first round or they're playing Lorraine or Bo or something. And that is how brutal the women's series can be. I see it a little bit differently to you two. Not in the... Where you've gone is players, if they rock up and just keep performing consistently. I still think someone as far down as Fiardo or Yuso can get it. Because of the fact is two thousand pounds a winner in one of the four events, I think she's got the talent to go and win it. Now I'm not saying all of the players above her are a threat to go and do that. At the minute, I think she's more likely to win a title than, than Natalie Gilbert, than Corinne Hammond from what we've seen in the women's series, than even Dita Hemmen and Trina Gulliver right now. And Trina's been on one one. The, the level that we're seeing from Amadena so is better than what we've seen from Trina Gulliver in the women's series for the last few months.
4: I doubt that, but winning one isn't enough Winning one no, but in I think Blake she can price, go consistent enough in one in win right
3: from there Lair puts her 600 quid behind If she jumps above Kirsty Hutchinson sort of thing so I think she can accumulate enough in the other three with an outside win I'm not saying everybody down to 23rd in the world I believe will do that but she is one name that I'm highlighting from further afield that has possibly got that in her
2: Are we all in agreement? Chat room as well are the top six, not mathematically, but do we think the top six will all go?
4: Yes.
3: It, it's hard not to see that. Just because even with four stinkers of draws, you still expect those players to be able to beat other players with stinker draws. You, you, I'm not looking at Fallon or Lisa expecting four first-round exits. I think the same can be said of Robin Byrne and Real do you Do you
4: not think even if... Just say one of the sits, a Fallon or a Lisa, just down on 5th and 6th, if one of them didn't attend. I'm assuming they will. But we've seen with Lisa, for example, in Germany before, having to miss a couple of events. Um, I still think they're probably on enough anyway. Because the 4 or 5 above them at that stage will probably go on and win 2, 3, maybe, all four of the events. I think they're in a strong enough position anyway that them sits will be going. I think it comes down to
3: bow at the minute. Makura has done pretty well at mopping up without Bo recently, or at least pushing to the finals and just accumulating, but Bo Grieves is safe, mathematically. She cannot be caught. She could take that weekend off. Germany is not as cheap to travel to as it once was, and if she does want to rest, this is the one to to pick and choose throughout the season, because someone might go and forward here, put the pressure on, and then you've got issues for the World Championships and the Grand Slam, etc. But this is the one she can afford to take off in the entire calendar if she needs a rest.
4: He's far more likely to take it off on Materu. From a from a travel perspective as well, Materu, I know there a rumour last week, and we spoke about it briefly last Monday, that Materu might not be playing this week then. She then did. Yes, the World Championship race becomes a little bit different, but... Matura could easily take some time off. I'm guessing Felicia and Fallon, they want them two there. <laughs> because if them two there and sweep up the tournaments, even if they don't, they're strongly positioned.
3: I still yeah. think Bo's more likely to miss it. Even given Makura's history, Bo is more likely to be able to take it off. I think if Makura misses it, it'll be beyond her control. Yeah. But great to have the
2: women series back. So, uh, we we'll just, we'll just, this one just before we move on. Um, is it going to be the top three again for the world? So, the criteria for the worlds is one and two and the winner of the world match play. If the winner of the world match play is in one and two, it goes to three.
3: Yeah. It's like the second Europa League spot for the FA Cup winner. Yeah. Yeah, if the
2: winner of that is in the Champions League, then it goes to the the league place.
3: Yeah. Um.
2: So, yeah, that's that one. So, from there... We went to Prague for the Euro Tour, boys.
3: Yay!
4: <laughs> can't be negative about the Euro Tour, Dob.
3: No, that, that, that was just a weird just teed it up. It just I don't know. We need a bit more. <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> we, needed, we needed more. Then we've got my, to excite the people at home watching.
2: My, I have got one negative about the Euro Tour, actually. They need to be spread out better in terms of Euro Tours and Pro Tours.
3: But when I said this, when the calendar came out, I was just being negative about the Premier
2: League. (laughs) (laughs) This has got nothing to do with the Premier League. This is to do with the other, the tour card holders continuing to play. Nothing around the the, the Premier League. It's just of, could we have put a couple of Pro Tours on instead of a Euro Tour? Because for players that haven't qualified for any of those Euro Tours, it's five weeks without any competitive darts. Five weeks without earning any money.
4: Which, considering you have a seven-week break, is it in June to July to August, if you're not in the Finns? For a professional sport, that shouldn't happen.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's my only negative. And it's not around the actual Euro Tour events. It's the scheduling. I just think there needs to be a, a better balance.
3: I've got no issue with a break if it's set out as a break and you know it's coming. But actually, to have that six, seven-week summer break, pretty much, unless you're one of a select few or whatever else, to then have a, a rest of the calendar that isn't full doesn't really make sense. Most sports have an off-season. Darts doesn't really have that because of the way that the World Championship rolls straight into Q School and Pro Tour restarting, etc. So I've, I've got no objection with a little break in the summer. Look, people on dark players might enjoy that, A chance to go on holiday without having to worry about it. They know that they've got a long enough gap where they can go on a holiday, put the Darts down for a couple of weeks and still have enough time to come back, build up their practice again and, and get going. But yeah, to have this any more than four weeks, three weeks is a bit too much for me because basically a monthly salary, in it? That's what they're going to try and earn.
0: Yeah.
4: They have the bright. That match play to players' championship is their bright, isn't it? Yes, you yes. have the World Series, but you can turn that down. So
3: <laughs> for life. <laughs>
4: can.
2: Brave. <laughs> Arkady. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, that, that that that's my my, my only criticism of, of the Euro Tour. But I think it needs to be spread m- more evenly with the Pro Tour events.
0: Yeah,
3: logistic. I think they need to have a look at the logistics ahead of next year's calendar. I think this year a big plus was just the fact that these events are on. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. Returning to a full calendar in front of full crowds, COVID isn't there anymore. Let's get them on and let's make the best of it and now I think there is that opportunity that you can start cherry picking dates and moving around that a little bit more and have more time to work with venues and, and pick it off a little bit better I'm still interested to see which
2: German events are getting canned next year, all of them no, just two of them all of them I, I'm interested to see which two go,
3: all nine <laughs> get it <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway enough of this enough of this comedy routine.
4: Why is that tightening why is he taking you an error in 26 minutes? Um no,
2: so back to <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's doing it to himself. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I don't want the people at home to see the hand gesture I just made you.
4: <laughs> Dog, when you're not on my screen, I'm not looking at you, I won't worry about it, so I didn't see
2: mm. <laughs> um, First of all, some of the Czech youngsters that we saw, there's some exciting futures there.
4: Yeah, 100%. We speak about it, about other countries... Obviously, uh, Dobbs spoke French for the past two years, just to try and get them in the World Tour. But that's what I guess one of the many positives of the Euro Tour. It, Dobbs definitely put that up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of the highlights. On what, from a plain standard wise, was for me a bit of a disappointing Friday.
2: Yeah, one of the highlights was Vincent absolutely killed
3: Philip in his post match interview. <laughs> <laughs> he did, but actually, I think there's a deeper concern there in that he is really struggling with his motivation. For a player that fought so hard to get back to this level, who has had major back issues in the past and whatever else, to just not be enjoying it and going through the motions right now for a player of Vincent's calibre is a shame to see. I agree. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. And we know in the past that he's been a big help to Michael Van Gogh in the last couple of years, telling them to basically sort himself out and get back on the practice board and and go through that. And I wonder now if it's time for the best man at the wedding to repay that.
2: You said that very politely, because I don't think Vincent said it like that.
3: I don't think Vincent's ever said
1: anything
2: like
3: that. Yeah. So I'm being very nice.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Vincent didn't say it that way. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah no I, I, I agree um, huge weekend for Carol um uh, as well as Jamie said in the chat room not start of the year well but with the help of that 12th man he came alive
0: just, just a, a little
3: all over again no, I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> none of them inside just lots of noisy people
2: yeah Um. one Concern I've got around one of the higher ranked players is Dirk. Because to me, he looks quite badly injured. That knee doesn't look in a good way, if you ask me. From the laboured walk-on, the grimaces, retrieving his darts, I think he's done some serious damage.
3: Yeah, look, he's still putting performances in, but that game against Johnny Clayton, I think, was the real telltale sign. He found himself massively behind early on, couldn't really live with it, forced himself through a little bit more, but you could clearly see him going through the pain barrier. Yeah, when yeah. he started to make a, a little bit of a comeback.
4: An injury like that one, to, what it could potentially be, playing through it just isn't the isn't the uh, solution at all. That's my worry. He is finding a way to still put in performances right now. But long term, that's only gonna be a bit of damage. And I does he really need to? Did he have some time off from the game? Especially we've always talked about the bat end of the season being so important. If there's a time to sort of miss because of an injury to now.
3: Not with such a small poxy little brace on as well. Like he needs to go full Rob Owen.
2: I, I'm not sure that works for him though, because having one of those braces on, I've had a couple of neops, they are very restricting. And Dirk plays on adrenaline and emotion where we get him charging across the stage to celebrate as just a reaction that happens. You can't do that in that brace.
3: Sorry, what
4: just an absolute Kim
3: Weldy,
2: mate. That's my worry about the, the brace for Dirk is
3: I don't think it works for him because of the type of player he is. Potentially, especially when look, we talk about how big an effort or bigger deal walk-ons are to certain players, to the likes of Peter Wright jumping across the stage, and look, it's no surprise that actually that was back a little bit in the last couple of weeks when he started to get a few more performances going his way. Demetri Vandenberg being allowed to do his full walk-on and dance, massive to him. Devon Peterson, we're seeing it from Damon Hatter recently, and it, look, it's just a moment of changing their mentality i think from how they are off the hockey to on the hockey they're, they're almost different personalities a lot of those people but they have to be something different up on that stage and Dirk fires himself up so much with that music and walk on you can't just stroll on to the hardcore fist pumping whatever you want to call dirk's walk-on music i probably get told off for calling it hardcore knowing that fans of that style of music but
2: Right, a couple... Joel's just said it there in the chat. I'm, I'm just looking at the calendar. So, he's effectively got two months to the match play. He's well placed in ranking tables that he could go and get whatever needs doing to it now and be in a better place
3: come early July. But... The problem is that before the end of the Premier League we're gonna have played nine Euro tours. That's a significant portion of ranking money. He'd be better off targeting that match played to Pro Tour Break while everybody else is playing World Series. Yeah, but he's
2: only gonna be he's only gonna miss one,
3: maybe two at very worst Euro tours. Depends got- what he's done, by the way. We're predicting what, a four to six week turnaround.
4: But even if it's London, let's say it's a six-month turnaround, it's got to be done now. Because then you've got a focus on it's got to be then for the World Championships. You can't have it done post-match play. You are waiting there until next January. And long-term, that could have a huge impact.
3: Long-term, could, but there's also the fact that if it's a nine-month sit-down, maybe he's just accumulating as much as he physically can right now before he has a nine-month layoff. I don't know how it ever would affect his job on the aubergine farm
2: Yeah, uh, it's, it's an interesting scenario for Dirk at the moment um, but actually into the event Nathan Aspinall gathered some momentum 6-4 win over Martin Lukeman ton plus average 6-1 win over Searle over the 105 Narrowly misses out to Chizzy with a 98. Welcome back,
3: Nathan Aspinall. Uh, Firstly, Rod Studd is having kittens right now because you mentioned momentum. Uh, (laughs) Secondly, secondly, has he really gone anywhere? Nathan's been performing at a level recently. He ran into Gezi last week. There's still been mid 90s on the the Premier League for the last couple of weeks. But we've
2: seen dips. In, when he's had to play multiple games across the weekend or even on a Premier League night, we've seen good, good dip or good dip. There wasn't a dip this weekend. It's a lot of dips. No dudes. There was no highs and lows in his performances. It was at a very good level.
4: Yeah. Needed right now. Needed right now.
3: It's not unheard of, for him, though. Let, let's not forget he won one of the more difficult majors to win in terms of that crawl in yeah. last day. Yeah. Pro Tour winner, but in the past, comfortably, that was seven in a day.
2: But Peter Wright picked up his first ranking title since September last year, boys.
3: That doesn't surprise me.
4: But it does Spent
3: a lot of time talking last
4: year. But with we, we had MVG Pitobe's first one in twelve months Euro tour last week. We're now talking about Peter Wright not winning one red September. We talked about this top four in the game a lot. you I know it's been less about Pisa rides at the moment. But it is also a surprise when you hear these sort of stats from the, the Peter Wright moving now to second in the world and not won once in September. It still just doesn't sound right, does it, when you're talking about your number two in the world not winning one for so long? And yes, that is a knock-on effect to the rankings. I know that. Before we obviously we a world championship on there, but it always sounds a bit weird. I was watching that final. I was so close to testing you both if Cheesy went on and won that. Which I thought he was yeah. going to have to Peter right the and messed up doing. He's going to win a TV tournament this year after winning two Euro Tours. He let me down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> i guess the problem that peter Wright now has is that he said he can't now practice with the elements the old faithfuls he, he can't do it he said that in his post-match interview after winning the title he's going to put them down he said that earlier in the week earlier in the event before going on to win it he just said i'm not going to practice now because i can't practice with these and i was like mm, that's a bit daft letting everybody know that your intention is to not practice but look peter Wright is always going to be an enigma whatever works should, will work for him um But it's clearly that that set of
2: darts, isn't it? Yeah. There's never been any question that his best two sets of darts are the two that he won world championships with, the world championship ones, as we call them. Where I've never seen anyone hit the amount of one eighties that he did with them. They were his most prolific scoring dart I've ever seen. Yeah. But then the elements are the most complete set. The scoring maybe wasn't as at the higher level as the first ones, but the overall game was a more complete package.
3: And if Peter Wright is going to lengthen his career, let's not forget he's already over 50, achieved an awful lot in the game, and has had various off the hockey issues to deal with, including Joe's health. If he's going to extend his career, keep chopping and changing at this point, I know it's worked for so long, I know it's brought him loads of success, blah, blah, blah. I don't see that moving forward. I think he has to get over whatever mental block there is about him keeping this set up. And look, it's been said for so long. For a while you get into it, then you realise that actually maybe that's not for him. But I think I've I've come full circle again now. (laughs) Um,
2: Another announcement from the PDC today is that we are now going to have four streaming boards at Pro Tour events. Big
3: fan. Big fan. Even more chance for me to miss a nine dart on a Pro Tour live
4: stream. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> big fan I think, it, I think it's something that was needed as part of the next step for Pro Tours I know we've spoke about it a lot will we ever be in a position where they're all streamed but I guess from a next step it seems to be the right one the only thing it has for people who are streaming the whole events it probably means they might do a little bit longer. That as of the amount of time you have to wait for a streaming board <laughs> might mean that they're extended by a 15, 20 minutes, but it's well worth um, it.
3: I'm not so sure because it's it's not full production. It, it's basically going to be a UK Open thing. So it'll just be one camera full board with a Dark Connect graphic scoreboard rather than the PDC Scalp one. So look, it, it's pretty basic. They can leave it running. All they need is someone to press the button to put a cover screen up in between matches. And once they've bought off or are ready to go, then they drop that down again. Hopefully, that shouldn't slow things down too much. You'll get to see all four quarterfinal games instead of whatever else at that point. So it might speed us up a little bit in in that regard. Instead of sneaking an extra one if you've got a slow board or whatever, just whack it on wherever it is.
2: The only thing is now I've got to try and configure my laptop so I can have all four streams going at once instead of two. And eight (laughs) eight to 16 windows of dark Connect open, (laughs) Yeah. But no, no, it's it, it, it's a it's a great way forward. How many do you think we'll go to? Matt's already said that they
3: will will not go to all sixteen. There's no point because after four, five games, you don't need all sixteen.
2: Yeah, but where, where do you think we'll get to?
3: Eight maximum.
4: Yeah. I don't see moving from this for a long while.
3: Yeah. I
2: suppose that depends, though, because if they get a massive influx of subscriptions for PDC TV, Mike,
4: I think if there was, that was to happen, I think they would just know that that will continue on four. Then, only if they see a dip, then they'd increase. I think if there's in a massive influx, they'd sit on that four as a positive and not move to eight just yet. Does they might be able to see that influx then in the future.
3: The way that you'll get more is if the technology that they use for the main boards gets better and they'll just keep passing that down so they they won't go and buy more cameras at the bottom end i think they'll go and buy new cameras for the main board the main streaming boards one and two and those that are currently on there will move to the ones we've already got and the ones that the cameras that they've got for that setup will keep moving down i think that's how it will happen rather than just going out and spend a load of cash on your bottom end yeah,
2: yeah, but it was it was good to see. Uh, Weekend darts. What else have we missed, boys?
3: Danny Lowby is a Super Series Finals right. week participant. Yeah,
2: up <laughs> um, some bullets, but also played some good stuff as well. Um, in true Danny Lowby fashion, it's never, a, never an easy way.
3: Is it? Is it just Americans named Danny that don't like doing things easily? Because Danny Baggers used to put himself in the same situation constantly as well, didn't he?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was. It was good. It was a good finals night, to be fair, and um, we saw some. Good and bad bits from David Evans,
3: but certainly on the up. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what David Evans needed. He needs a year off tour where he hasn't got the pressure of defending prize money or defending that tour card or, or basically, to, to nick the golfing term, doing it for his dinner. He needs to go in and learn to win again. Because he was a quite prolific winner before he picked up his tour card. And that just didn't transpire into the pro ranks.
2: Yeah. um, This one here. Was it 2021? uh, Matchroom bought Luke Productions and created Matchroom Live from it. Yeah. So. um, Yeah. um, Where is it? We'll do this one. Will Luke Humphries make the England team instead of Rob Cross? It's going to go to the wire. This one.
3: Yeah, we discussed this on stream at the weekend. And at that point, Rob Cross was about to play Van Gogh. And I was like, well, Luke's got a great chance to catch him up here. And actually, it sort of went the other way, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, look, there is still plenty to play for with such a small margin. I can see it going back and forth a couple of times now. Yeah, I, I can as well. Um, I, I think it will go... Like, at some point, Luke will overtake Rob in the next few weeks. Yeah. But does he stay there? Yeah. Um,
2: why is not Price playing on the Euro Tour? Because he didn't qualify. Because he provisionally dropped out of the 16 on the Pro Tour Order of Merit for a few weeks. Um, and chose not to go and qualify for them but he'll be back well I'm gonna to touch on Price and Cross in the same speech because Sindelfingen in Germany we touched on it last week and this will be an indication of how much Rob Cross wants to play in the World Cup because Rob Cross is also in New York.
4: I think we, it plays.
2: We already know MVG is not doing single thing now Gesi has missed a whole bunch of Euro tours. Does he miss an, does he miss another one? And Rob Cross may have to go there if he wants to play for England. But then, it's a bit of a race and a rush to get to New York.
3: And he loves invitational events. <laughs> <laughs> what,
2: what, I, think,
4: I think he plays it. I think the bit of question marks around the Premier League players, not Bob Frost. Or the, the, the final four, sorry.
2: I don't think. I think Price will pull out.
4: Yeah, but Price will be in London on the Thursday. I yeah. just think that'd be too much. Anyone who's not in London on the Thursday, I'd still expect them to play on that weekend.
2: Even though, say you get to the final day, you've then got to get out of Germany early Monday, back to the UK, flip your suitcase to New York,
3: because they've obviously all got media commitments and that again. am not sure it's the case of flipping it, is it? Pack one big one and fly from Germany. As long as they're not on bloody strike again, you'll be fine. Just take the extra couple of days either in Germany or New York. Don't do the interconnecting. Don't come home. Just pick one or the other. Take an extra 24 to 40 hours in a hotel at either end and just get there. There's a caveat to that. I can't remember where it was. But last year,
2: Michael Smith did that, and there wasn't direct flights to New York. I think they were on a Euro tour in Germany as well. And then Michael Smith had to go from wherever to Madrid. Madrid to New York and everything like that.
3: I think you'd still rather do that as a connecting flight rather than get off, go home, spend... Yeah. 12 to 24 hours there, the hassle of getting comfortable and whatever else. Do the bulk of travelling all in one whack. Take 24 hours to acclimatise the timings with um, jet lag, etc. And just be set. Even if that means you have to go to Madrid or the arse end of nowhere. Um, via Dublin.
2: Look, but- uh, yeah we we, we saw Callan's social media at the weekend Look, he's had some things go on behind the scenes in his in his personal life that that he spoke about on social and look when when you've got other things on your mind you then go up on that stage and don't perform to the way you can it it, it does hurt and look we've said it before and we'll say it again jumping straight onto social media maybe not the best thing but at the end of the day, they're all human beings. They've all got stuff going on uh, uh, away from from the hockey. And look, Callum's got good people around him, and it'll be it'll be fine. He's just one of those ones where he took his frustration out on an Instagram story.
3: Yeah, look, he, he tweeted as well. But actually, you said sometimes not going on socials is is the smartest move. look, I'm, I'm a big advocate of that, especially if you're a Welshman that's been a former world champion and and (laughs) pop love absolutely everything. Richie Bennett, he on Instagram. (laughs) Richie Bennett doesn't even know what Instagram is, mate. Let's be honest. (laughs) Um, But I think there's a couple of things that come out of this. All right for Callan is that actually there's been a little bit of an outpouring of support. There's been a lot of positive comments, making sure that he's okay or just say get support or or whatever else. If you need it, there's, you're still going to get knobheads at are like, or you're costing me a bet or call yourself professional or all that crap that comes with it. But actually, for the most part, Darts fans as a community are incredibly supportive. We've seen that for a number of factors over the last few years. And my opinion on the main part of that will not change. Um, and secondly, sometimes you just need a rant. Sometimes you just need to get things off your chest. Sometimes you just need to go, Oh, Fuck really? On, absolutely everything out there. Let's go then. I'm ready. Go on then. We didn't
1: didn't get porch
3: grow up. (laughs) (laughs) It's a high-profile job in a pressure situation for another player who achieved a lot in the biggest stage of them all. And that comes with a lot of pressure to back that up. Yeah.
2: Um where are we? Um has Demi in hindsight been a really bad pick for the Premier League? Um look hindsight's a wonderful thing. Has he played well in this Premier League? No, not for me. Um I think he just about did enough to get the pick at the back end of last year. But in hindsight would Luke have done a better job? Probably.
4: Yeah, it's always a difficult one because you can always yeah. say in hindsight, because
2: that's, that's what I mean. They're, you, they're, you'd look
4: at the previous years and probably yeah. say everyone who's bottom of the lead, you wouldn't have them in there. It's very hard to to, to say that.
2: Um, he, he had a good back end of the year, and at, at, at that time it wasn't the worst pick. Everyone was like, I I I fully get why Dimitri's in there.
3: Has it turned out as we thought? No. But you can sit and discuss ifs and buts. I think a fair bit. There is the consideration that he's commercially viable to the PDC outside of the UK. He is multiple languages. He fits the image they want to push, etc. Uh, I think the biggest conversation to have around Dimitri is actually all the clamouring that we did for him to not be fucking boring to watch may have backfired a little bit because the, the pace and the rhythm have been steady but not exceptional and actually he's lost a lot of close games that maybe he would have edged out or been that little bit more competitive in if he was dictating the pace
2: Possibly, I, I, I agree. But if he goes back to that way, does he get picked
3: again? No, but he's earned the prize money from it now. And also, he's got a justification for doing it for the rest of the season. And then he starts getting booed. That, that's,
2: that's, that's the issue. We saw him at the beginning of the Premier League getting booed in arenas. Mm-hmm. Because they thought he was going to do the the, the, the slow version.
4: Yeah. Um. He's got, he's got uh, to do. He's got to do what's right affect, for him. That, and I think right now, that? I think right now, he will see a justification probably in his own head that going to that slow down is a possibility. Um, long term effect. It's very hard to win the crowd back round if you've lost them. That's Derwin Price. I'm not saying he fully had him as much as probably Dimi did when he first started, but Price has had to buy a new wardrobe just to try and get him back inside on this yeah. year's Premier League. So, <laughs> yeah. Dimi losing him will probably have a bigger impact. Price was never really a huge fan favourite, where Dimi was. Yeah. So, it could have a bigger London... Uh, it could have a London impact on Dimi's trade and it would probably some other players.
2: Um, was this the most important weekend since the women's series inception considering there were four different winners uh, yeah absolutely for me I thought it was a huge weekend for the women's game
4: yes but the next one's has been in Germany at the time pre-match play and I'm on, on with Lorraine the fact we, I think we know we're going to see the top 20 Divor maybe the odd one it's do we still see that big number or a similar number to what we do in the Utah. That's tea but the four winners certainly help.
2: Yeah. Um, I haven't watched the latest one yet, but I, pref- I like the first two episodes. Um, and they're going to, not just at the Premier League, they're going to be doing them all year at all the events. I have watched
3: the Michael Smith one. I've not watched them yet. <coughs>
4: i on the same as you, Phil. I've watched the first two, not the third yet.
3: You mean you haven't watched
2: the Newcastle
0: one
4: go I can I clip that and send it you if you want, just that bit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, I found a fan of flag job. I'll
3: wave one in a minute to you. Um, uh,
2: I believe he has got a different shirt for Scotland. And I think if you saw him at those exhibitions that he did in his Scotland tour, you got a glimpse of it.
4: Um,
2: yeah, I am. Um,
3: has got, I <laughs> don't he's got a tartan sleeve. No, we might start running around the venue shouting freedom.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we were thinking about this the other day, and it, obviously, it came with all the misfits and the. The, the social media influencers that are trying other sports and, and and stuff like that. How funny would it be if, to get in someone's head, a dart player wore his opponent's shirt on the walk or something like that, like had a replica made but his own sponsors on there or something like that? <coughs> that? Someone, play,
4: someone playing Peter Wright wearing a Peter Wright week for the wartime?
2: No, actually... He, someone, someone got a replica Peter Wright shirt but instead of having Peter Wright's logos on add his own on there to get in someone's head or MVGs could you
3: imagine the one thing I will say is nobody plays in that green since Van Gogh and sort of made it his own colour nobody plays in green
2: well same as no one plays in yellow really right occasionally will wear a yellow shirt
3: but no one else wears yellow give me out yellow's minging <laughs> it's incredibly difficult to look good in yellow I know, look at me. Yeah.
4: Come on, branding dog, branding.
3: Yeah, but <laughs> yellow isn't as popular a colour as green and you would expect more, especially knowing how many Irish lads there are out there that tend to not wear green. Yeah, um, Yeah. see, look, this is what I'm talking about, Johnny. Manly's, Manley's a different breed, ain't he? Let's be honest. He should start his own school, the Dark Arts of Darts.
2: No. Yeah.
4: Why not?
3: Oh, nah. bang up for that. You got to learn how to throw first before you start pissing around. Did you beat me when we played on stage? Yes.
2: What? What, what was the score? On one. <laughs> <laughs> I beat you at the Super Series.
3: I beat you in Newbury. Yeah, but p- people didn't watch that. We had, we had an audience in Blackpool. Mace watched in Super Series. I bust you. Don't remember that one. I just remember the picture the Hellsbells put up. Oh, how convenient.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, do you think Peter Wright is getting back to his best? Um, I, I think he's a long way from his best, but it's. It's a step in the right
4: direction. He'd nail on the head with that one, I think. Being two-time world, champion, being two-time world champion, that best is a pretty high standard. <laughs> when the Euro <laughs> Tour doesn't get you to that level just yet.
2: Yeah, uh, everyone's saying Chizzy and yellow. Yeah, that, that was my point. That no one else wears yellow because Chizzy wears it all the time. The same as that green, no one wears it because Michael wears it. That
3: that that was my just a round school. Is he wrong? The same promo every game week for Chisna on the Premier League. Um, that horrible necklace.
2: We touched on this last week. I think chemistry-wise, Smith and Humphreys are a better pair.
4: If you didn't completely run things apart, i will do Joe Tollin and Michael Smith as a chemistry pair. I think we'd say that road that obviously there's only two in the race at the minute to partner Smith but then Humphreys yeah James Wade and Mervyn King
1: yeah
2: remember when Taylor love, wore the orange shirt love, right. for the first half of the final
1: right
2: oh it was funny Um I was going to say something I forgot what it was couldn't have been that important uh, no, have, we missed, no. have we missed anything else in a week of darts before we wrap up, boys?
4: Don't think so. Us?
1: That's
2: that's unlike us. We've um, we've done well.
3: Chat will tell us, don't ask me. <laughs>
2: No, no, guess not.
3: Um, I went seven perfect earlier and shat myself. Did you? 180, 180. Slap bang in the middle of the treble. I was like, it's gagging for more. Switched. Huge seven. Wasn't even fucking close. Did you go (laughs) Felt like it. Oh, my team's new shirts are here, which include this logo. They arrived today, so I'll be wearing it next week.
4: Oh, another yellow that you don't like.
3: The logo's there. The shirts are blue.
4: I'll let you off.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's a fall-up bar on this weekend. Yes, and it is the last one. There will not be a fall-up bar after the Premier League final because that'll be our content for Monday. That'll be our big show. Yeah. Phil doesn't know that yet, but I've just
2: told him. (laughs) I'm not on, am I? So you can do what you want. Yes. (laughs) So, um, last one. Um, yeah. So the Premier League is decided is on nightly wins, and then leg difference after that. They currently have the same amount of wins. Yeah, that's what I mean. But leg nightly wins, leg difference is the order. Yeah. So that is that. Uh, everyone, thank you very, very much for spending the last two hours with us. Massive shout-out to our guest, Lorraine Stanley, who was absolutely class to have on. Uh, remember, Super Series returns in the morning, 9.30 MSS YouTube channel. We've got an interview dropping with David Evans, as well as our Premier League preview as well so it's all good boys it's all good good. right i've been phil bars jack garwin lee Boyce. we have been online darts us signing out and we'll see you all very very soon
0: bye